Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Today we have a special guest speaker. You know, I told you last year when I was uh, doing the book tour quite a bit, uh, and I was out a little bit, that uh, when I'm home sometimes now, the Lord spoke to my heart to uh, have some of our team members. We have such a great team, such a deep bench of great speakers. And so today is, uh, is, is a two for one, uh, and I'll explain that in a moment. But uh, our first service speaker uh, is a, a mighty man of God. He has been in our church since he was 14 years old, and now he's 40 years old, so that's 26 years, and he's done virtually every job in this church. He's our student pastor, student ministries pastor, helps with children, oversees youth. He does a great job. I want you to give a great welcome to Pastor Tristan Kennedy as he comes to bring the word today. And the two for one is going to be second service. My beautiful wife, Pastor Kristen, is bringing the word. And she has got a phenomenal message. And I'm telling you, you want to stick around for it. And what also helps is that if it's raining, you might as well stay anyway. So it's going to be fantastic. Um, uh, It's going to be a great Sunday. Let's go ahead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you that your presence is already here. We worship you and glorify you. And Lord, have your way this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today's uh, message title is called God's Best. God's Best. How to reach out for God's best. Um, of course, we're talking about the theme gather. And there's uh, this, this article that I, that I got uh, from actually my devotional that I wanted to share with you. It's, a, it's out of a magazine and it's called Single Lives that pointed out that most people's image of loneliness is of a frail old lady stuck on a 24th floor apartment building. In, in reality, it could equally be a young, good-looking, nicely dressed guy desperately trying to make conversation with a girl standing next to him. I don't think that's just loneliness. I think that's every guy who's trying to, anyway, okay. But being surrounded by so many people uh, can compound the feeling of isolation. Loneliness is one of the greatest problems facing humanity today. Mother Teresa says this, loneliness and the feeling of being uncared for and unwanted are the greatest poverty. Loneliness and the feeling of being uncared for and unwanted unwanted is the greatest poverty. Um, The solidarity of a human being is a contradiction in terms. There's a guy by the name of Desmond Tutu. I don't think he wore one, but he says, we are made for complimentary. We are created for a delicate network of relationships, of independence with our fellow human beings. We belong in one family, and that family is God's family. It's the human family. The greatest good is communal, communal harmony. Uh, it says, God did not intend you to be lonely and isolated. Those of you watching online, sitting there saying, one day I'll come to church. No, you need to get to church because there's something about gathering together, being here together, one another, encouraging one another, loving one another, touching 
on one another, right? There's something about that touch that during COVID, you got to stay six feet. Back up. It's COVID. Don't touch me. Right? It was this whole, this is my circle, my bubble, don't get in it. See the sticker? You remember all that stuff? My Lord, I hated it. Anyway, loneliness has been described as a homesickness for God. Loneliness is described as a homesickness for God. Because what you're really searching for and all the grasping and trying to find uh, uh, your, your, your purpose and, and fulfillment is found in Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. It's found in Jesus Christ. Loneliness is described as a homesickness for God. God created you for community, calling you into a loving relationship with him and other human beings. So what we want to do is we want to talk about how to break this loneliness in your life. And in order to do that, number one, we have to live in God's best or how to live in God's best is to connect to him and keep connecting with him. Because some people come to church, get saved, and they, they forget what happened. And they stop connecting with God. Connecting with God, by the way, is a relationship. It's a walk with him. It's a daily getting up, praising God, going after him, reading your Bible, throwing some worship on, and just getting in his presence every day, finding out who he is, because every day he reveals something brand new about himself. But if you just come to church every now and then, or you say a prayer when you were wee little, and you're like, okay, I've got fire insurance, I'm good to go, you miss out on the best part. Because having God at your side, the Bible says he sticks closer than a brother. He's right there with you when you're going through the hard times. He's there to reach out to you, not just in emergencies, but in the good times as well. That you can stand back and say, I praise you again and again. God, you are so good to me. I, can't, I don't deserve this. So to live in God's best, we have to connect to him and keep connecting with him. Jeremiah 32 says this, they will be my people and I will be their God. I will give them one heart, one purpose, to worship me forever for their own good. Worshiping God is not about God. It's about you. Because it gets the attention off of yourself, your issues, your problems, and onto God, who is the problem solver, who is the answer, who is the one that comes and gives you peace in your chaos. It gets you to get your eyes off of down here and up here where God is. It says for their own good and for all of their descendants. Your praise doesn't just affect you. Don't be so selfish. I'm not going to lift my hands to church. Man, you should because people are watching you. They want to see, is God real in your life? Your little kids are watching how you set an example before them. Are you praising? Are you recklessly abandoned before God? Or are you just too I don't know, too prideful to let God in or to show people that what God's really doing in your life. Man, I don't care. God, you are good. I love you. I'll shout it from the rooftops. Man, my God is good, and there's no one like him. No one can hold a candle to my God because he is. I've got swagger because of him. Man, I'm nothing without him, and I know that. That's our God. So keep connecting with him day in, day out. Yes, it gets hard. No, it's not always easy. But I'm just telling you it's worth it every step, every moment going after our God. Because, man, he's so good. 
You know, there's a cliche said that goes like this. I think Oprah made it famous, living my best life, right? I think it was a song, living, living, living my best life. I think we sing that here, you know, and they do some kind of dance with it. I don't know. But to me, <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I did that really bad. Um, but it's a cliche in the worst of ways because of this, it's all about you and you living your best self-made life. Right? It's all about how you can make it the best situation with the resources and materials and the things that you have. Because how good you can have your own life, like a self-made type of life. Like, look at what you did. Good for you. Come on. You got this. Yeah. Right? There's this, like, self-pride. But God built us to need and depend on him. It's you doing your best and then seeing God do the rest through faith and trust in him. God made you to need him. So when you get frustrated and at the end of yourself, guess what? God's standing there waiting for you to ask him. I'm right here. You want to keep doing Okay, you're going to, okay. All right, you keep doing it yourself. Go ahead. You're going to get frustrated again. Yep, you're going to curse again. Yep, uh-huh. Yep, you're going to kick the dog. Yep, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm right here. I'm waiting for you. Because God literally made you to need him. The best place you can be is on your knees, surrender God. I don't have the answers. God, I don't know what to do about my kids right now. God, I'm desperate for you. God, I don't know what job to do. God, I don't know if I'm supposed to go to college or not. God, I don't know what to do. Help me. Invite him in. Ask him what to do, what, what the next step is. There's only so much we can do on our own. We are limited until we get into a connection and a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this. Do you believe that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above in your life. There's a, the scripture goes on to say, God's mighty power says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. Your most, un, most unbelievable dream, and he wants to exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Doom, 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 doom. Energize your bunny. Ephesians 3.20, the enemy and this world wants you to settle for their good enough, their standard, rather than what God has put inside of you, which is God's best. The world wants to have you right here, and God is calling you up here. Follow me for a second, okay? It's like this. Have you, I, I don't know about you, but growing up, I went to some circuses where I would see this giant two-ton elephant, literally, that could pounce anybody there, starting to walk towards me and then would stop because this little tiny peg was in the ground and it was tied with a rope. And I'm like, this little rope and this peg that actually popped out of the ground is holding this elephant back. And I thought to myself, what in the world? And then I heard this story. I think Pastor Richard shared this and it just always stuck with me. What they do is when elephants are really small, baby elephants, I forget what they call them, but they, they hammer in a steel rod in the ground and they tie the, a chain to the elephant. And that elephant, <laughs> he's pulling, he's tugging, he's trying to get away, he's trying to break that thing. He's like, I'm young, I'm strong, I'm going to get this thing. But guess what happens? It gets trained and conditioned to stay there. Every time it feels the tug, that's it, that's your limit. Go back to where you belong. 
That is the world and the enemy trying to say, this is all that you've got. This is enough. You think you're better? That's it. You feel the tug trying to pull you back. But I'm telling you, God has better for you. If you want to live in less than, it's a choice. But if you want to go for God's greater than, then it's a choice as well. To break through some of the mindsets and some, sorry, I'm going to preach today. There's, there's these mindsets that the enemy tries to put on you to limit you. And the thing is, God needs you to break through, again, not just for yourself, but for other people. There's so many things in my life that God has put a vision before me that I would, to, just to see, hey, Tristan, are you going to trust me or not? You're going to see what I'm going to do. So I was like, sure. So when I was 11 years old, God called me to preach. Literally, he said, preach, preach, preach. I've said this before. I'm not going to stay on it. But there's a scripture that burned in me today. It says, uh, Jeremiah 29, but if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak his name, his word would burn in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I'm worn out trying to hold it in, and I can't do it. It's inside of me. Because he, he said, will you trust me? I, don't, I didn't know. I was 11 years old. What do I know? I just got a diaper like a few years before that. I didn't know what I was doing. But God said, hey, will you trust me? And he gave me vision and a purpose and a goal. And it kept me out of trouble. Missions trips. I came to this church and heard for the first time about mission trips, came up, there's flags of the nations all around up front there where the legacy building is. And I was just like, what is this place? Coming in and hear Pastor Richard preach a word about nations, international trips, and, and what God can do through you. And I thought, okay, this is amazing. And it gave me this purpose and this vision. And so God said, hey, do you want to trust me? you, you want to go? I got my passport. I trusted God. The trips were like $1,500, $2,000, and for a teenage kid, I didn't have that money. But do you know I went to, I've been to 20-something nations, and you know God has provided every single time. I've paid $0 because God said, will you trust me? And when I just stuck out my faith and said, okay, God, I don't have the answers, but I trust you. Do you know he took care of me every single time? And he still does. My girlfriend, my fiance, my wife, who are all the same people, by the way. That's Pastor Kristen. We came together when we were dating, and we talked about something powerful when we were together. We wanted to be strong in purity. We wanted to hold, uh, be, be, uh, we wanted to wait till we were married to be together. Okay, we wanted to we wanted to stay away from because uh, our both of our families had histories of drugs and alcohol. We wanted to stay pure and we wanted to stay away from that mess. And we say we're not doing it just for us. We're doing this because we know in the future we're going to have kids that we can break the generational cycle to where they don't have to go through the same things that our family has gone through. We, we decided we want a new bloodline. We want to start something fresh and something new. And it was not easy. We had, I had people on my side saying different stuff like, oh, you think you're this and that and whatever. But I'm just telling you, it has been worth it. Because I see my son over here who got up early this morning to hear me preach. Who's supporting me and loving me and he loves God and he loves Jesus. And his younger son, same thing, his, his younger brother, my younger son, loves Jesus. And our daughter, Kylan, worshiping God. Man, there's times when with our kids, we've got a 14, a 9, and a 3-year-old. When 
you know, when, during our, our season of uh, when we had our first son, it was there's a struggle between him and our, our next son. There's a five and a half year gap between our kids and people are like, oh, man, what's wrong with y'all? That wasn't our plan, but it's God's plan. And we had a miscarriage. And we didn't know what to do. But we had a dream in our heart because before my wife and I got uh, together even dating and, and married and all that stuff, God put a vision in my heart of a little blonde-haired, blue-eyed blue girl. That was standing on some steps and looking down at her, and then we had a fireplace in the background. I just kid you not. I'm standing there. I've got this vision that God gave me. And so here we were. We fast forward. We, we had our son, Cole, and then we had our, our, our next son, Caden. And a few years passed by, and we were trying to have more kids, and it wasn't happening. And my wife says to me, and I say to her, maybe this is all God has for us. Maybe this is it. And then I look at her, and I said, I've got this vision inside of me. I can't get around. I just, I see her. She goes, I know I see her too. I wanted to know where your faith was at. And so we, we believed, we prayed. And then, doggone it, 2019 came around Christmas morning I found out my wife was pregnant what the best Christmas gift from God ever because we trusted him it made no sense it still makes no sense but we trusted him and now we have a blonde haired blue eyed girl running around our beautiful house because we trusted God and I'm not saying this because oh look at you you got it going on I'm telling you guys it is not easy Sometimes the day in and day out, it gets tough, but it's, the, it's coming together, encouraging one another, the gathering together, the iron sharpening iron, the messages preached by Pastor Richard and Pastor Lindsay, Pastor Chris, Pastor Gail, these messages that stir your faith to believe for higher. Man, God wants more for you. Now, listen, people are going to say whatever about you as you're pursuing God. Oh, you think you're better than us? Look at you. Oh, you, you go into that church and you think you're all fancy, this, that, and the other. There's a scripture for them. It says, 1 Peter 4, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into their flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you, but remember that they will have to face God, who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. You can't argue with the word. As you're pursuing God, people are going to talk their smack, but just keep going and going after God. I'm just telling you that God is not done with you. There's, and also, by the way, this is nothing new. David in the Bible was a shepherd boy on the backside of a mountain who was watching sheep, and he learned how to walk with God as a child and as a youth. And when the prophet came to his house to anoint the next king of Israel, David wasn't even thought about to come in to the anointing party. He was, he was like, oh, he's just a shepherd boy. But God saw him, and God had way bigger dreams and plans for him than his family did. His family saw him here. God saw him as the king of Israel. Do you see the difference? Even your family who might love you and care about you, they are limited in the, the perspective that, that they have for you versus the perspective that God has for you. Are you seeing the difference? God has more for you. Yes, your family, and I'm going to try, my wife and I are going to do the best we can to give the best to God, but we know God's perspective is way bigger than ours. 
If you live your life trying to please other people, you're living your life based on their perspective of what they think your best should be. If you live your life trying to please other people, people pleasers, you're living your life based on their perspective of what they think your best should be. In other words, if you start to get a little bit better than them, they're going to yank you back down to reality. Because they're going to be upset that you're making them uncomfortable because of what God's doing in your life. You following me? You can't live based on other people. What does God say about you? Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a, a good, uh, plans for good, not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In Ephesians, again, 3.20, don't doubt my, God's mighty power in you to exceedingly abundantly above all he wants to do. Anything that you can imagine or think or dream of. I put it this way. Don't let other people put their garbage in your yard. Because no matter what, you're going to be living your life and in, in you know, mowing your grass. And then all of a sudden, they're going to take their garbage and dump it in your fence. You're going to be like, what is going on? And I can tell you that every season of my life and my married life, people have put their garbage in, in my yard. When my wife and I were first married, oh, just wait. Y'all are newlyweds now. But just wait for a year or two. It's going to fade. They're garbage in my yard. Oh, oh, you, you have kids? Oh, they're so cute. Oh, just wait till they start to crawl and walk around and get into everything. Oh, then it's horrible. They're garbage in my yard. Oh, your kid's cute now. Oh, how old is he? He's five. Oh, just wait till they're teenagers. They're garbage in my yard. That's their, where their faith is. That's what they expected and what they believed. But God's best isn't what the world's best is. So what we did is we believed and we knew and we have a 14-year-old boy who is in church, who is loving God and serving God right now. And he's a teenager and he's the best doggone teenager in the whole world. I could say that because he's my son. I don't care if I'm the student pastor. I'm not belittling any of the other youth. I love all the youth, but he's my favorite. <laughs> Just telling you, don't let other people... Put their garbage in your lawn. That's what they believe, but we're believing and walking out God's best because it's what he promised. Second thought here, to live in God's best, you have to read and believe God's word. You have to read and believe God's word. Matthew 7, 11 says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who simply ask him? You just got to ask him. God wants to bless you. What we receive from God needs to be based on what God says in his word and how he sees you, not how others see you or even how you see yourself. Sometimes it's hard for you to receive God's blessing because of you thinking that you're not good enough. It's not based about don't be selfish again. God wants to bless you because he loves you. Not only does he love you, guess what? He likes you, too. He doesn't love you because he has to. He loves you because he wants to. And he likes you, too, because he likes you. He wants to hang out with you. The whole Bible is filled with these promises and these stories about God trying to connect with humanity. And then we're just dumb enough to do our own thing and ignore God again. Don't do that. Invite him in. Let God move and work in your life. Amen? Don't overthink it. You know, I'm a... I, I like to play drums, 
And when I'm playing drums, when I overthink something, I mess up a lot. But sometimes I'm like not even thinking about drums. I'm thinking about like other things. I'm doing this thing I try to work on over and over again. It's like, oh, this is it. This is easy because I'm not thinking about it. Don't overthink and overcomplicate God's love and grace for you. Don't overcomplicate that he wants a relationship with you and wants to hang out with you and be with you and bless your life. Genesis 22, 17 says this. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. This is the Abrahamic covenant. I will, uh, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. And your seed, all the nations of the earth, shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Guys, this is in the word. This promise just wasn't for Abraham. This is for us. God wants to bless you. And the Bible says that he wants to multiply you, multiply your descendants. He wants to take care of you and your whole family. Is he going to do it or not? Are you going to trust him for his best or not? Are you going to just live by barely making it and squeaking by? Are you going to trust God to do the impossible? God's best. Don't compromise the dreams and visions God has put in you to birth. No one else can do it except you. And yes, man, I'm talking about you too. There's things that you have to birth in the spirit. Things that you have to carry and see through for your family or see through for your bloodline to see happen on the earth. Because the word, the Bible, the Holy Bible is filled with promises that show expansive of a life God has for you. There's a choice involved of whether you can or whether to reach for them for what God has for you or for you to settle for what you think is best. Number three and last. Living in God's best is coming faithfully to his house, the church. God's best is coming faithfully to his house, the church. God's best is when you choose to come together. You didn't have to wake up and get here this morning, but you did. You didn't have to, you know, set your alarm to get here early or come through the rain to get here to now church, but you did. There's power in coming together and gathering. The Bible says very clearly in Hebrews, it says this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some form the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day drawing. Meaning there's at some point, we know even the disciples in the Bible said that Jesus is coming back any day. They were saying that back then, and we're saying that even now. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back, but guess what? He's going to come back. But until then, we're to come together, and we're to encourage each other. We're to love each other, pray for each other, help each other, because, guys, it's not easy by yourself. You are, again, made to help one another, to be in community with one another, to encourage one another. To love one another. No matter how hard it is. Can I tell you, pride is stupid. Pride will mess you up. Because pride is when you think that you got all the answers and that you think that you know it all. You don't need God's help. <clears throat> Wrong. You need to get over yourself. And humble yourself 
Because God wants and he is desiring to get involved. But your pride is keeping him at bay. I've seen it over and over and over again. Man, it breaks people. It destroys people. Don't let your pride get in the way of letting God move in your life. Because I'm just telling you that it will, it just, it's just nasty. Such a demonic spirit. I didn't have that in my notes, but you're welcome. Okay. It's when we come together as a church and a body that we are reminded who we are called to be as sons and daughters of the King of Kings. You're not a beggar. You're not a homeless person. The Bible says you're grafted in the family of God. That this is home. That when you come in, you should feel your brothers and sisters around you encouraging you, strengthening, worshiping together. Every one of you had a tough week. It's awesome to come around and see other people that have been through things that you know about. Like, okay, I know they've been through it, but man, that encourages me because I know that there's breakthrough on the way. I know there's hope. I know there's peace. Deuteronomy 3, uh, 31, excuse me, 12 says this. Gather the people together. I love this scripture. Men, women, the kids, the little ones, and even the stranger who's in your gates. This is our city it's talking about. That they may hear. And they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all of the words of his law. And that their children, here it is again, generations who have not know it, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which, uh, which you cross the Jordan to possess. There's power when you bring your kids to church. There's power when you make a decision to be here and to make it. Maybe you're coming and your husband doesn't come to church or your uh, husband and your wife doesn't come to church. You're making a statement that that, listen, I'm going to come together with like minded people and I'm going to serve God. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to see what God does because his word does not fail. You might see circumstances that try to scream at you that tell you otherwise, but I'm telling you, keep walking it out. Keep walking it out one step at a time. I'm telling you, God's word will not fail you. Last thought here. God has divine connections lined up for, uh, for all of our lives. There's power in connection. Connections lead to life. When a husband and a wife come together, babies are born. When the spirit of a person and the spirit of God come together, new birth takes place. When brothers and sisters come together in unity, God commands his blessing on you. When the disciples came together in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, the devil fears connection. The devil fears connection. You getting here, you coming, you being here, you saying, I'm going to the house of God. I'm going to serve. I'm going to go to the, the connect groups. I'm going to be there. I'm going to, whenever the doors are open, I'm going to serve. I'm going to be there because I know what happens when I show up. God shows up. God is there, and there's power in connection. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you, Lord, for the power of connection, that when we come together and we're looking to you, we need you, God. I thank you that you're here in this room, in this place. I thank you, God. You have a plan, you have a purpose, 
for each and every one of us. And you have your best, your perspective of how you see us. And Lord, right now I just, I pray against the wrong mindsets that the enemy has put on your people to try to condition them to be a certain way, to live a certain way, to live only at a certain level. But I speak the spirit of breakthrough over this house in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for mindsets being changed, transformed, for lives being different in the mighty name of Jesus. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Let the heart change begin right now. Holy Father, I thank you for moving in this place, for setting those who have been limited free, breaking the chain that they've been tied to. Let them want and desire more. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you once again for coming together. I think there's faith in this room, faith to see the impossible. I thank you that there's faith stirring in this place to see lives healed, to see people set free, Jesus. If you're in here, if you're watching online and you're saying, Pastor Tristan, I need, I need that freedom. I need Jesus in my life. And like I said in the very beginning, the first step is to connect with God and to continue to connect with him. Maybe you prayed a prayer when you were little and you walked away from God and he's calling you back. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. But again, this is the beginning point for you. This is the starting point of a beautiful relationship. God doesn't want religion. He doesn't want your religious duties. He wants you. Yes, you. In all of your brokenness, in all of your mess, in all of your situation, all of your stank, God wants you. He's calling you to get over your pride, to get over yourself, and to come to him as you are. Not how you think you need to be. Not that you have to get all cleaned up to come see God. Because guess what? God's the one that's going to clean you up. You cannot do it on your own. Did you not hear what I just said before when I was preaching? That God has built you to need him. So it's time to get desperate for God. Because when we get desperate for him, that means he's close. And when he's close, that means miracles happen. That means we trust in him. So if that's you and you say, Pastor, I need you to pray with me, to invite Jesus into my heart. I want you to raise your hand right here in this place. I want to pray with you right now. Lift up that hand. I see that hand. Who else? Saying, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I need you. I walked away from you, and I need you in my life. Maybe you're watching online. Now is the time to see God move in your life. Everybody pray this prayer with me, with those who have their hands raised. Again, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. Say, Jesus, come into my life. You can do better than that. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Change me. I invite you in to my life. Change me in a real way. I thank you that you are my Lord. I get over myself and I welcome you in. 
Thank you that I'm forgiven. That I'm set free. The chains are broken. In Jesus' name. Amen. And last group of people I want to pray for. If you're saying, I want more. I've been living at less. I'm ready for more. I've been living at my best or what other people think I should live at. But I've been living under this wrong mindset, this, this thought of, okay, I'm doing my best, but God's calling you to hire. If you know that's you in this place, why don't you stand up on your feet right now? If you're saying, God's calling me to hire, you got to do something bold and stand up on your feet. If you're saying, God, I know you have more for me. God, I know you're calling me to hire. I don't want to stay where I'm at. I'm tired of being sick and tired of letting other people dictate to me how I should live. Or even in my own mindset, that wrong mindset that plays in the back of your head that says, this is good enough. This is all you need. But God is calling you higher. Josh, you should stand up, my man. God's calling you higher. You know that? Heavenly Father, we thank you for every person standing in this room. We break, I break in the name of Jesus, the limitations of the wrong mindsets, the limitations that the enemy or even well-meaning people have put on these precious men, women, and children of God. We break the power of the enemy. We break the power of limitation. And I thank you, Father, that you're calling calling them into your best, to your greater than, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. And every tongue that might rise up against them in judgment, we condemn in the name of Jesus. We break words spoken over them. We break the wrong mindsets off of them. We break even the, the, the thoughts that have been trying to dictate to them to live at a certain level, but you are calling them to greater. We thank you, Father, even as they prophetically stood up, that they're they're standing up into the next and stepping into the next level that you have for them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. We praise you for freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's give God a shout of praise like he's done it and he's doing it. He's moving in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.